This is the Elite Development Podcast, a show with the aim of helping athletes evolve in every element of their careers through real-world advice and experience. I'm your host, Kenny Dussault. I'm a strength and conditioning coach in Calgary, Alberta, with a singular focus on building better athletes. And now, let's get to the episode. All right, so we're live for another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. Today, I've got Ryan Hands from Handmade Hockey in Ottawa sitting down with me. Ryan, thanks for kind of agreeing to come on the show. Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me. Uh, so just to start off, can you give me a little bit of background, just who you are, uh, your background in hockey, and sort of where that's led to, where that's led to today? Well, yeah, no problem. Uh, growing up in the Ottawa area, played minor hockey, lived hockey ever since I was a kid. Um, played uh, junior B at 16, ended up going and, uh, you know, making a team I wasn't really supposed to make just because I was uh, not not shy to drop the nets. Everyone would say, uh, went into camp and I got hit by one of the biggest guys and I just reacted, you know, it was one of those things, you know, I wasn't the biggest guy, but, you know, I had to make the team somehow and I thought, you know, if somebody did something, I have to be ready. So I ended up making the team because of that fight. And then from there, uh, a few games into the season, I had a scrap with uh, another one of the guys, top guys in the league. He's coming down in the first period, head down, cutting across the middle. I laid him out. Came back in the third period, wasn't too happy, and uh, I hadn't really been in many fights up to that date. He was a 21-year-old big guy. I was 16. Knocked me on the shin pad, said, let's go. Looked at him, no, no thanks. Big beer, big big guy like you. Won the face off back in our zone. He came kind of rushed me, went, got the puck out. He elbows flying, hit the glass. I got out of there, gave me a slash to the back of the legs. I turned around. He dropped the mitts. I ended up dropping. And luckily, when I grabbed onto his cage, he threw me down. His helmet came off. I just started feeding him. There was a big homo scout in the stands. Ended up seeing that. So he ended up coming talking to my old man. Me after the game said he'd be watching me throughout the year. Ended up getting me out to Bay Como the next year. I wasn't supposed to make the team. And I went in with uh, mentality. I was 6'1", 175. Went in with the mentality that uh, you know I had to do anything to make that team. And ended up making that team. I played you know, parts of four years, major junior, and then 11 years pro. Um, played in Quebec for a few years, seven years in the States, a year in England. And now I'm back three years. I've been retired. I uh, coached two years with uh, Hawksbury Hawks Junior A here in Ottawa. Um, now I'm basically just working on the business. I've been uh, doing this ever since I started playing junior hockey. I've been coming back, um, helping out hockey camps, getting more of a leadership role. Um, that's all I've been doing. You know, I could have done everything else in between seasons. I've had opportunities to do, you know, you name it. I've, I've had the chance to do it, but it's just hockey. It's a passion that I have that, you know, and then having my kid, it was just time to, uh, to start handmade hockey. So um, my kid just turned three a couple weeks ago and handmade hockey is going to be turning two in June. So um, lots of hard work with, uh, you know, with what I do. I've obviously been able to have a lot of, uh, a lot of playing experience, a lot of life experience, and picking up skills. And in practice throughout my career, I was always that guy, you know, working hard, first guy on the ice, uh, last guy off the ice, always trying to pick up that extra, you know, that extra skill. I see a guy doing a move, backhand toe drag. How do you do that? How do you do it? Show me little tips. And, you know, that's something that I'm trying to break down that I can translate later on. And, you know, it's funny how everything all comes full, full circle. And, you know, with, you know, the people that I've been able to, fortunate enough to work with after my playing career, I've been able to pick up some 
extremely uh, some amazing some uh, amazing stuff you know skating shooting passing puck control and to be able to tie it in all together and you know make my hybrid program so yeah i want to for sure get into a lot more about handmade hockey uh through this interview for sure uh, and obviously, yeah, as you said, not shy to drop the mitts. That was a big part of your role in your playing days. And obviously, like, that's gonna, that's got to be one of the toughest roles on any hockey team, right, is the guy that's there to back up, the guy that's there to back everyone up, the guy that's there to drop the gloves, because you kind of never know who you're going to be squaring off against night after night. What kind of what goes into that role? How do you get yourself psyched up for games knowing that that's likely what you're going out there to do? Well, throughout my career, like I wasn't, I wasn't always the biggest guy. Like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the cheapest player, but I was the most respectful guy on my team. Like night in, night out, you know, my coach knew exactly what he was going to get for me. My teammates knew exactly what they were going to get for me. You know, and like you said, you know, you wouldn't know who you're fighting. It was the opposite for me. I was so well prepared, and you know, I had the same warm up, same preparation, all the way through my entire career. You know, and that comes down to, you know, the night before a fight, it was. It wasn't, a, you know, I was looking at, I was looking online, I was seeing who the other team had, you know, I was watching videos, what they did, how they fight, and, you know, so I'm able to visualize and be prepared, so realistically, I'm ready for anything, so that way, you know, stepping into the game, walking into that rink, you know, as soon as I walk through those doors, I'm flicking that switch, and I'm getting ready, you know, I have my headphones on, getting ready, I have my same warm-up, same stretch, you know, visualizing the same stuff, sitting in the same spot, you know, come out and I do my, you know, two hard laps, sit up right up on the red line, exact same spot. And I do my stretch and I'd look and I'd call the guy over, you, you bring your dancing shoes tonight, we going, you know, it's, and they were looking at me and half the time they didn't know who I was. And that was my advantage because I was so well prepared, you know, in my, in my head, I had already won the fight because, you know, that's what I did. That's how I would provide momentum and provide this, something that nobody else could do for my team. You know, guys were scoring goals and I wasn't going to be able, as much as I wanted to, I wasn't going to, I wasn't scoring a hat trick, but you know, I, if my coach was coming in after warm up, he'd look at me and say, did you get one? He could see in my face. I'm sitting there taping my wrist. I got my headphones on. I'm in the zone and he knows I got one and I'm going for a shift. You know, as soon as that puck drops opening face off, I was, I was ready to go. And yeah. that way, you know, that second shift we were scoring, you know, third shift we were scoring again. I'm still in the box and we're up two, three, nothing. And I'm sitting there, you know, firing up because I felt that I contributed and boys are coming by there, you know, hammering the glass, you know, giving me fists on the glass, loving it because, you know, I fired them up, you know, and that was, that was my part of the team and that was my role, you know, and that was, that was the biggest thing that I understood my role, you know, and I wasn't, if I played, you know, I could, I could play 50 minutes in a game, I'd be ready to go. If I played five minutes in the game, I'd be ready to go and I wouldn't complain and I'd be ready for my coach and, you know, just being able to sit there and observe the game, you know, I find, you know, where a lot of guys, you know, say, oh, fuck, well, up here, not looking, paying attention. You know, I'm, I was watching the game. I'm you know, admiring all the all the little moves, all the, the skill things that the players would do and, you know, actually watching the game and, you know, seeing how different players adapt to different coaching styles and, you know, all these different things that now I can look back at as a coach. Like I say, like, I had different experiences with, you know, player A, player B, or coach A, coach B you know, that can help different players down the road, so. Yeah, I really like what you said, because I wouldn't have thought of that at all. Like, obviously, you know, player teams will, like, watch tape on other teams and things like that, but breaking it down to the individual level of, like, 
you know your role on the team, you know who you're looking for, and just the fact that you were that well prepared going in every night, knowing yeah. what you had to do. I love that because I think that just shows, again, like, the, as you said, the dedication to the game, right, and the passion you had for the game. You knew I'm making my role on – you knew what your role was, and you thought, hey, you know what, I'm going to prepare the same way as anybody else is going to prepare, but just looking for, <laughs> you know, looking for who you're going to take on, looking for how you're going to contribute night in and night out. Yeah, and that was and that was my role, and that was, you know, and I was fine with that because you know I, I worked hard yeah. for that role. You know, I yeah. I would prepare in the summertime. You know, I I hurt my right hand when I was playing junior. My first couple, my first season in the queue, I was all right hands. You know, and I, I hurt my right hand, so what I have to do? I trained all left hands. You know, and then I detached my retina. I was one hundred percent blind in my left eye, and I wasn't ever supposed to play hockey again. So I had to develop a style that I wasn't able to take damage. I couldn't take punches. Yeah. You watch the latter half of my career, I wasn't taking any punches directly because, you know, my style, I was able to break down. Like, my whole career, everything that I do, I break down to the bone. So even, you know, with fighting, I look at, you know, it's it's an art, really, because I wasn't out there. I wasn't jumping guys. I wasn't, you know, trying to get the advantage right off the bat. I'm saying, okay, like, you think, okay, you're the best guy for your team. Okay, I'm the best guy for my team. Let's go helmets off gloves off, center ice, let's get everybody fired up and we'll see. You know, I wasn't jumping you, I wasn't trying to get the upper hand right off, you know, giving you a couple sucker punches. I was looking you in the face, okay, let's go. You know, yeah. and that was that was the best way to, you know, to provide that bump, that, you know, that momentum for my yeah. team. Yeah, because quite often what I see now just in my role, you know, strength and conditioning coach in the gym is athletes that again like yeah they want to prepare they want to go in they want to work out but they're really not taking that sort of extra time that obviously is key when you're getting into those pro levels so like from your from your career and from like the years you've played and all the different experiences you've had do you have any takeaways any lessons that you know say you're talking to a 14 year old kid right now who's trying to make it to the pros like what would you tell them to start working on right now to well, be think- able to make it that far the biggest thing is, you know, the biggest thing that separates all players is the mental game. Yeah. You know, it's, it's preached all the time, you know, this and that. But, you know, the, the reality is, like, if you're going to make it to the next level, like, you're not going to be you, – you, you're not going to be the top kid your whole life and then expect to just go all the way through and just dance all the way through to the NHL and just make it all the way through. You, it's, it's a tough ride, and I tell that to all my players. Like, it's – you have to make that – you have to make that commitment right from the start. And that's your preparation, your focus, everything on a daily basis. And that's not just, okay, yeah, I go to the gym every day. I go to the gym and I work out for an hour, you know, and that's me getting ready. No, you have to go to the gym. Go to the gym. You have to make sure you're stretched. You know, you're prepared to do that workout to get your maximum out of yourself. And then, you know, you stretch and you're done. You know, take your time and actually focus on, you know, being ready. Because if you, if you take that time to actually take care of yourself, the longevity is huge. Like I, I look at my career. I played, you know, how I played years of just crashing as hard as I can, you know, trying to run guys through the boards. And it was, I look at my body now, and my body's still decent. Yeah, and I don't feel like a lot of the guys. My knees and knock on wood, everything. You know, I didn't have all these bad injuries because I always took care of myself. I always yeah. stretched before games. I was stretched before practices. I was always, when I was in the gym, I wasn't being a retard, just throwing weight around, just. You know, just trying to do it just because, no, there was a purpose for every single thing I did. You know, yeah, and that's, that's, and that's the way you have to look at it. And it's it's breaking it down, like I was saying, with, you know, breaking it down to all the fine points. You know, you can't just go into the gym and just throw No, you have to do it 
one day you're doing one thing, another day you're doing another thing. You don't actually take that third day to recover. Yes. Recovery is so important. That's one thing that's so underestimated. Yeah, it's good to go 150 miles an hour, you know, 24 seven, but you have to be able to recover. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, well, that kind of leads me into my next question as far as, so like during your seasons, obviously there's a lot of games, a lot of practices. What is the, like, what did your average week look like, like on any of those given teams? You know, how does, how does a sort how does a week in the pros look for you as a player? Oh, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of the time during the week, you know, we have that practice at 10 AM, you know, so you show up at the rink, you know, eight 30, you know, have have a coffee in the room, shoot the shit with the boys, get the stick ready, go out for practice. You know, coach will do whatever for about you know, 45 to an hour, and then you can stay there for as long as you want. You know, and then after that, you know, you go in the room, have a couple, you know, Gatorades, sit around, laugh with the boys for a bit, decide where you're going for lunch, go grab a bite to eat, and then you go to the gym. After you go to the gym, go grab a bite to eat, and you go home for a while, and it's – you know, with wherever you played, it was just, you know, the connections. You know, if you, if you have you know, a restaurant right next to the rink, you were going to that restaurant every day after practice. And there's a group of 10 of us in there, you know, where people are walking in and saying, oh, geez, there's the local protein. You know, and that's bringing in more people every single time we're in there. You yeah. know, and then it's, you know, we're getting 50 off at this place, 50 off at this place. I wasn't playing in the NHL, so I was playing in, you know, the minor pro leagues where, you know, lots of sponsors were looking to help us. They knew we weren't making, you know, millions of dollars, so they were looking to help us out. We had families and, you know, billets. And it was even, you know, just having these families that would take us out for groceries. I was playing in the SP in, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I had the best group of people, the best family ever just take me out. We'd go get groceries. I'd walk with the cart and pick whatever I needed for the week, and we'd go out for supper after. You know, and that was, that was just them because they loved the team. They loved me. And, you know, they were just such great people. You know, and it was just the communities that took care of us, you know, and it was, it was great. It was, it was, you know, just getting in that routine, you know, it was just doing the same thing over and over again, but it was, you know, it was, it was great You know, wake up every day, go to the rink, practice, go to the gym, you know, and then you have a game and you're waking up, you know, have a little morning skate, go home, grab a bite to eat, take a nap, you know, wake up, go to the rink a couple hours before a game, play a game. You know, go for a couple pops after the game. You know, it was it was a great life. You know, just traveling. Like, it was lots of buses, long, long bus trips, sleeper buses. You know, just just great times that we were able to you know spend together with great great group of guys that you know, make memories that will last forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like what you said too about like the communities in those towns, because again, obviously things are different in the NHL when you know everybody's a. Uh, everybody's a household name and all of that, but with these minor level pro leagues, just to see how kind of the community comes around you too. And they're all kind of looking oh, at yeah. guys on the team out. Like, I love the sound of that. That's. Oh yeah. Like they, you're, you're the NHL to them. Yeah. Like, you, exactly. like it's, that's the pro team. You know, they're buying tickets to come watch you play. Yeah. You know, so I, I was the guy taking off my helmet, fighting in center ice, tearing up, like, you know, kissing babies, signing autographs after all the games. So it was one of those things. I was always the fan favorite because I was, I had an experience, one of my first games, I went to the Montreal Forum with my old man, and John McClain threw me a puck in warm-up. My yeah. dad ended up writing a, you know, writing a letter back then you know, to the New Jersey Devils, who ended up, the next time they came back to the Forum, they sent my dad and I tickets. So we ended up going down in the, 
underneath in the dressing room and I'm sitting there and I have a picture. Guy Carbono, he's got his jersey and everything on inter- intermission and I'm sitting beside him. <laughs> picture, yeah, exactly. And it was, that was one thing that really stuck out for me. So I was, what do you think I did every single game? I was always throwing kids pucks and I was getting tweets, pictures, kids sleeping with pucks. Thank you so much. Like, And that was, it was nothing to me. What, what is it to me to pick up a puck and throw it to a kid and warm up? But yeah. I know that kid's going to want to come to every single game for the rest of the year just to see if he's going to get another puck and just wave. And, you know, that that was big to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I love that too because, again, like when you are the kid in that situation, it's huge to, you yeah. know, have the guy on the ice actually acknowledge you, actually yeah. throw you a puck. Like yeah. I know I definitely have memories of the same thing, going to watch uh, going to watch the Ottawa Senators play way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, maybe not as fun all the time now, but it was a good time back then. So, <laughs> right, and I, I have memories too where people said no to me. Like my my dad almost scrapped Tom Barrasso way back in the day when he was playing with the Penguins the Civic Center because he was walking through and I asked him for his autograph and he said no. My dad had grabbed him. Like that's one thing that stuck out to me. You know, like I, I'm not going to be that asshole. Yeah, just no to kids. Like I was playing in England now. The coach was always waiting for me because I was walking. I just sign everything and you know take pictures, everything all the way through to the way to the dressing room. And I wasn't going to say no. Yeah. No, I think that's like, that goes to show a lot of the character that I think you bring into your company now too. And uh, actually that's kind of bringing me into the next questions, which like from your playing career, what have you sort of taken into the coaching that you do now? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it's, I've taken a lot of, a lot of it's, you know, like I, like I talked earlier, you know, just about, you know, the way I was as a player, you know, like the things that I did, you know, if I was a defenseman, I played D, I played forward, you know, I fought, I did all these things, but I, I broke it down, broke it down right to the finer points. And that's the way I look at my job now. You know, what I do, it's, I break down shooting, you know, right to the bone. A kid takes a shot, I can, you know, this, 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 you know, skating, it's breaking it down, how to do it, right, to be able to tell it to a beginner or to a pro and everybody in between. You know, and being able to break down that fire points and have that, you know, that presence. You know, when I stepped on the ice as a player, as soon as I stepped on, you knew I was stepping on the ice. Yeah. And I have that same presence now. You know, when I call in a group, one kid's messing around, I'm not going to let that one kid mess up my whole session. You know, I was I was that kid. You know, I'm going to tell him I'm going to be able to neutralize, neutralize that kid right off the bat and yeah. let him know. Like, you know, there's no messing around in my sessions. When, I, when I'm out there, it's business. And it's the same way as when I was a player, you know, with, you know, my business, the same mentality, you know, I have that, you know, if that puck's in the corner, I'm coming out with it. You know, I have that same mentality. If, you know, if my competitor, anybody's going for that puck, it's going to be me that comes out with it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's important to have that presence both as a player and as a coach, right? Like I know yeah. that's definitely a difficulty working with, uh, working with groups of kids. You've always got that one kid that kind of wants to, wants to show off or wants everybody to be looking at him and laughing at him. And so to be able to kind of come out and neutralize that, I think is. Yeah. Why was that kid? Like I said, you know, there's, it's funny. Like I was, I was that funnier, like louder kid. So it's telling him, Hey, you're wasting everybody's time. Make him realize, make that kid realize that, you know, they're wasting everybody's time and they're looking, you're wasting the whole group's time. They're looking like, yeah, stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Or if that doesn't work, you pull them aside and you you have to find that way. Every kid's different. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, it's finding that way to get through to your athletes. And that's, that's the difference between, you know, nowadays, like when I was coaching junior A a couple of years ago, last year, you know, the difference between when I played junior to now 
my coach would have told me, hey, you better go you know, do this, this, this. Like, what, what's wrong with you? You got to start hitting or I'm going to trade you to Tim Buck too. I'm going to go hit everything that moves, score a goal, jump up and down, look at the coach, say, what next? You know, when you say that to a kid now, that kid's going to shut down. And you yeah. say, hey, you better start doing something. And that kid's going to shoulders drop. He's going to pout. And you're like, you know, what's, you, you can't do that. You have to be able to find a way to connect to that kid to tell him, you know, how to get him to it. You know, it's all confidence. If you're crushing confidence, you're not going to be able to get much out of your players. You have to yeah, be able to, like, as, as a teammate, as a player, I, I was able to realize how huge confidence was. You know, just, hey, buddy, good shift. Hey, man, nice pass. Hey, Wolf, what a shot. You know, you didn't score, but you'll probably score next time. You know, ne- next time he scores, who's he looking at? He's going to be looking at me and fired up, right? Yeah. Get that same mentality into my coaching. Like, I'm, I, I'm working out there with a kid. Can't even raise the puck. You know, started the session, came and raised the puck, and then you know, two minutes later, he's picking corners. I'm celebrating. I'm cheering harder than, you know, than he is. He's turning around, and I'm got one knee down. I'm dragging my hand on the ice. I'm celebrating. Parents are jumping around, like looking at me, like, "Oh my God, this guy's serious." Yeah. Because I'm, I show that passion. I'm, I'm genuine. Yeah. And like I know that kid is. It's creating that environment for that kid. You know that he knows. So even if I'm, you know, hey, do this. Hey, why'd you mess up that shot? You know, I want that kid to be able to identify why he messed up. You know, why, you know, I could have done this wrong. I could have done that wrong because of the way I taught him. You know, I have that relationship. You create that relationship with that kid, with that athlete, you know, that you're able to criticize without them, you know, taking it to heart, really. Yeah. Well, I think that's because they've like, they've got to know that you're in it for them, right? You're in it to see them succeed. Oh, for sure. Just what you said too, about like being able to look at them and say, Hey, why did you mess up that shot? I think one thing that one thing that you can often see lack, but I think is important. Our role as coaches to try to drive with younger athletes is accountability, right? It's like, you got to learn, you've got to learn to take ownership of it. Cause especially when you're at the top level, you mess up that shot or you, you know, do this wrong or do that wrong. You're not able to kind of turn around and point fingers at somebody else. It's you've got to fix your issue or mm-hmm. you're not going to be at the top level very long. Exactly. And it's teaching, it's teaching those players how to, how to take criticism. Yeah. You know, and realize that you know, you're going to make mistakes. Hockey is a game of mistakes. And I do lots of video with players and I'm sitting there and it's just about minimizing your mistakes. We're watching their shifts and, Every single shift, we're taking notes of, you know, what they're doing. You know, and it's, okay, well, you did this. You know, when we start out, you know, day one, you know, it's all negative. And now, you know, a year later, a year and a half later, working with these players, it's all positives. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, they're getting noticed by other players that, you know, because they're doing all the little things. And yeah. you focus on the little things. It's not, oh, I'm trying to square every shift. There's so many elements to a game. There's so many elements to every single shift. You know, you get the puck, what do you do with it? You know, what can you do with it? You know, it's it's being ready at all times, and that's just being – comes back to preparation. Yeah. You're sitting there on the bench, and you're moping, and, you know, kind of, oh, you know, my last shift, uh, missing open net. No, you have to be ready. you got to forget about that and focus now. Be able, go, be able to go out there and do something now and not think, oh, man, I screwed up in the first period, didn't get that puck out. You know, you got to be ready now. That's what I tell my kids, so. Yeah, I think that's huge too, is again, having the short memory, right? Like you are going to make mistakes, you are going to lose games, you are going to miss open nets, but just being able to put that in the back of your mind and focus on what's coming up next instead. 
And like, as far as what you're saying about doing the little things, I think one thing that I, you know, that I often try to always preach with my athletes, obviously, because I'm working with them in the gym is the importance of the off, like the importance of the physical preparation, whether it's in season or off season. And like, obviously you were saying for your own career, taking care of yourself physically was a huge part in being able to play your style for as long as you did mm-hmm. is like, do you find that kids now are taking themselves seriously in that way? Or how do you find you are able to affect no. the way they think about their training and their, their physical preparation for the sport as well? I think a lot of kids underestimate the, just the overall value of you know, stretching and preparing yourself. Yeah. You know, like I, how many kids you talk to and you're like, hey, did you, you stretch before the, oh yeah, yeah, I stretched. What'd you do? Oh, you know, I put my leg up on the, on the couch there and that was it. <laughs> I used to take like 25 minutes yeah you know, 25 30 minutes like take your time you know before and after every workout make that part of your routine you know, yeah that's that's the best part and that's you want to be able to to go out there and throw hits you have to be able to to move your body you yeah. know and you have these kids that you know are trying to go out there okay I can go out there and throw four, three four hits a shift and then they throw one hit and they're hurt. You're like, well, why am I hurt every time? Because your body can't take the impact. Your body has to be prepared. So if you're, you know, if you're a different style of player, you're obviously going to prepare differently. You know, yeah. If you're going to be throwing your arms and throwing your elbows up all the time, you have to be able to you know, make sure your range is good. And, you know, your muscles are moving properly because the first time that you pop out that shoulder, it's going to be not coming back in. Yeah, it's not gonna really. It's not gonna be really gonna be the same after if you pop it out right. once. It's gonna probably cause you some issues. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be long term. That's and that's what they don't realize. It's like all yeah. these small injuries that could end up, you know, big time, you know, yeah. just because you don't take care of yourself. You yeah. get a small injury. It's like, oh, I got to get back. I want to play right now. It's like, well, take that extra week just to take care of yourself. Well, I want to play right now. It's like, but okay. Then you're gonna hurt yourself and be out two months, and then four months, six months. And yeah, and just off that, I think again, because that's something I see quite a lot is just sort of that idea of instant gratification. Like when I bring a new athlete into the gym, right away they want to be lifting heavier, they want to be doing the more complex exercises, they want to be kind of, you know, running before they can walk. As like, and I think that's something that, again, creating the systems and creating the habits, right of in order to have the long career you want to have, you know, what do you need to be doing right now? What do you need to be putting in place right now to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success in the future? Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's, it's funny you say that. I, that's a term that I always use to, I'm not going to teach you to run if you can't walk properly. Yeah. You know, and like when people are, you want to come out and do skating stuff and they want to rip through full speed or how control stuff, rip through full speed. It's like, no, go through slow under control. And then add your speed, add confidence. You know, that's one thing. Then you do it. That's like, oh, okay. And then there's a difference. Yeah. Learning the foundation, learning how to create. Building, it, not a, just building a strong foundation. Yeah. yeah. Not just jumping in. Like, you know, a 14-year-old kid shouldn't be training the way an NHL player is training. They've got to learn how to train that way before they can get there, right? Exactly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um and then, so as a coach now, like you've talked a little bit about sort of, you know, what you, what you try to preach with your players, but uh, can you talk a little bit about sort of how handmade hockey came to be and your philosophy, like just with how you, how you coach now? 
Um, I mean, with handmade, like I was kind of, I'd been working major roles with other companies, you know, and I think it was that time that I needed to start on my own. Like I, like I said, I had my kid, I was kind of in between, I was working at one company and I wasn't really sure I had enough to get started, but I mean, it just kind of lacked that, that push. So once I got that push, I was good to go and I haven't looked back since. I mean, it's, it's been amazing. Like it's been almost two years, like I said, in, in June coming up here, uh, can't ask for any more. Like it's been great. I've been able to work with so many people and you know, my connections have been coming back around. Like I've been able to run tournaments last year. I'm looking obviously up in the air right now, but you know, I was looking to run a bigger one this year, you know, with my team training, been able to work with so many different teams, my individuals, um, you know, just just my one-on-one training. You know, I do lots of privates um, on the studio ice. So with the video stuff that they do, I'm able to incorporate. You know, the, the one-on-one sessions. We're able to talk about you know what they do on the ice in their shifts as we're doing the sessions. So that's it's really taking that personal approach. You know, not doing the same thing for everybody because everybody learns differently. Yeah. You know, it's it's having those relationships with the parents. You know, telling me how they're how their kids doing, you know, because it's not just me showing up, hey guys, you know, hopping on the ice, okay, bye guys, see you later. It's about offering that full service and being there for your players and being there for everybody, the families, and you know, because that's what I want. I want to have it, have that reputation and be known for that guy, be known as that guy who, you know, the guy who I wish I had when I was growing up, you know, that could have helped me with all those situations because now I've been through all that shit. You know, I can tell there's not many situations a kid can ask me about that I haven't been through. Yeah, you know, like the worst of the worst all the way through. You know, you know, it's it's me being able to be there for the kids. That's that's the best part, and then just seeing the development and you know, seeing helping these kids reach their goals. Yeah, because I think like from when I was back in Ottawa last year, and we were talking a little bit about just sort of you know the development of your company the last little while. I think one of the things that really stuck out to me was just again the passion that you bring to it all. Like you can tell that. You know, this is what you're, this is what you were meant to do, right? Yeah. And like, one thing I really loved hearing about too, and I was hoping you could talk about was the tournament you ran last year with the team, with the team that you put together. I think you got the jersey in the background there. Um, and like, you know, the idea behind that tournament, and just sort of how that came to be your group that you had there. And you were talking, you were telling me how like they've kind of kept in contact even after, after that tournament that you put them together for. Yeah, I mean, like that, that whole program was, was amazing. Like, uh, decided to run uh, a spring team. So with my, with my business, my company, I got sponsored by CCM. So with, you know, talking with him, my, my CCM guy, I'm just kind of brainstorming ideas, decided to come up and run a, a spring team. Because I'd run with, uh, I'd run the Hawksbury, Hawks Junior A, the, uh, the CDHL program. And I knew that a bunch of teams you know, do that in the spring. So I kind of was looking to make that, you know, elite, you know, spring team, midget AAA team. So I ended up going around and I had, uh, when I first went around, I asked all the AAA kids, everybody said yes. And then I came back around with all the details and everybody said no. So I had to go around and recruit a bunch of players. So I ended up getting, you know, a core group of AA kids, you know, that were amazing kids. The, The best kids that I could have asked for yeah. You know, that we're looking for that jump. You know, those kids that were looking for that help that 
you know, that had that, you know, had that excuse, you know, that they maybe they, they didn't get that opportunity that they needed that shot, you know, and it just, they were just lacking a little bit of confidence. And that's, you know, where I come in and help them, you know, realize that they're actually, you know, how good they can be really. So we were able to do, um, it's about a 15 week program and we decided to, to run a tournament, you know, so we ended up getting a 16 tournament. And with, with that, it started off as I was talking with my CCM guy and he sent me a screenshot of something, one of his other guys that he has in Boston who runs a tournament in Boston. So I saw that and I was like, Oh, well, could I do something like that? So he said, of course. So I ended up talking to him and I talked to my buddies at Gong Show. I talked to a couple other buddies, fan saves, um, tell us kudo, um, home Depot ended up putting together a bunch of stuff for a 16 tournaments. I ended up getting championship belts, medals, website, everything. I put it together in about two months, just over two months. Um, we ended up losing in the finals, but, uh, we ended up after that, we went to Niagara Falls about a month later. And I mean, I tell you, our team was, my team was amazing. Like we ended up losing in the finals. Like we had, uh, First game, the Zamboni driver stopped and asked us, uh, where are you guys from? The boys play some good hockey. You know, the refs were stopping and asking us. The other teams, people were coming up asking us in the stand. Like, we took two penalties our first game. I couldn't tell you another penalty we took all the way through. Like, it was just disciplined, a couple, couple injuries, just, just smart. And, like, after that, we had 10 players that went up. They never played AAA. We had 10 players that went up AAA or moved up to Junior B. Our, my captain, Sam Clawwater, is the man. He, uh, I remember after our tournament, I got a call from a junior B coach in Renfrew. Asked me, do you think I should sign this Sam Clawwater kid? I was so fired up. I was waiting for that call. I remember sitting on my front step talking to this guy for about 40 minutes, pumping Sam's tires. Sam finished about a point a game this year in junior B. Absolute stud as a 16-year-old. Um, yeah, we had... Uh, we had a great group of kids. Every single one of them has made huge progress this year. Um, really looking forward to getting started. We were supposed to start here this week for uh, for this this year's team. I mean, I got a really, really impressive roster so far. Obviously pushed back a month. but Yeah, uh, yeah. hopefully this all clears up soon and you guys can get, get right back to that. Yeah, no, it, was, it was amazing just with uh, just the way everybody bought in. Exactly what I was putting down. Everybody bought in the skating, puck and the shooting and it's just every single player has seen massive massive strides this year so well i think that speaks like that speaks volumes obviously to yourself as a coach but like just the fact that you're able to take that double a group bring them into these tournaments and you know see yeah. the changes that you were able to make to them like it just shows that sometimes again it's you know yeah. like and even like having people stop you like two penalties in the first game and then not taking penalties the rest of the way through if we know anything about teenage kids and I say this from being, you know, from yeah. my own experience, discipline is probably one of the biggest things they generally lack. And yeah. so to be able to bring them in and create such a culture and a team in such a short time is a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, like we actually, a quick example, we're in the semifinals of, uh, of my tournament and one of our kids, guys on top of them, giving them bomb, 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 didn't do anything, came back to the bench, my kid's like, why didn't you do anything? He turned around and he said, pointed at me. He said, he asked me not to do anything. And I was just like, man, I gave him a pound. I was like, man, that kid, like, you know, it's just little things like that. You know, like yeah. they see that and other kids see that. I'm like, man, that's the biggest kid in their team who could have killed that guy who didn't. 
because he said that he asked me to. He yeah. asked me not to do anything, so I didn't. Yeah, and I mean, best interest of the team, right? Like now, I mean, I'm hoping in that situation you got right. a power play out of it. And right, right. Anyway. We end up scoring on the power play and then laughing. Yeah. And it's just, it's just little things like that. It's the game within the game. You know, yeah. it's, it's one thing teaching, you know, okay, it's great to show up and, you know, do all these things as soon as the game starts. But there's so many other things that you know, take takes within the game. You know, it's the preparation. You know, it's the focus all the way through the game. You know, yeah. So how easy is it to, to lose focus in between the first and second period? Yeah. You go in there, oh, you're messing around, and you're joking in the room, laughing, ha, ha, ha. You come out in the second, you get smoked. Yeah. Because, you you know, you, you took off that, you took the foot off the gas. Yeah. Because you guys are joking around in the second period, then the third period, same thing. You know, how often do you see that? Yeah. You know, you don't, people don't realize that. You know, people don't think that is, you know, what, what was done differently? What was, you know, it's the preparation. It's that mental focus that was, Lacked for that five minutes. That's where that's that's where the game went off. So yeah, well, I think that's like, and again, it's it's funny how it comes back to just what we were talking about earlier in your own playing career is just that always staying focused, always taking care, always preparing properly, like down to watching the guys who you were like watching the guys on the other team who you were planning on fighting. They had no idea who you were, and you knew exactly who they were. You're focused. You've got your advantage. Same thing as a coach now too. Like if you're keeping your team focused, keeping your team prepared, they're making those decisions. Like not fighting back, giving your team the power play, and right. actually playing ahead in the game instead of feeding that kid a punch in the face, which I'm sure he would have loved to do. Right, and that's and that's me making sure that team is ready. Yeah, you know, it's not just me showing up. You know, hey guys, let's go. Yeah, no, it's me be before the game. Guys are messing around saying, "Hey, no guys, let's." Get your head on straight. Let's go. We got a game to play. And then, okay, let's, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Let's being able to identify that and be able to say, hey, listen, and have that respect, you know, from the kids. Because they show they show you respect because you respect them. You can't yeah. just go in there and automatically expect to have the kids respect you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so now with handmade hockey, it's like, it, it is pretty amazing how far it's come in such a short time, like turning two in June. Uh, with all the athletes you work with right now, what would you say are some of the like defining characteristics you're looking for for kids who you feel are really going to be able to make the jump to the next level? Like you talked about your captain on Team Handmade, what are sort of the things you look for in those guys that make you think they're make you think they're either ready or make you think they will be making the making the jump into juniors or into the pros? I think the biggest thing is just that coachability, because you want to have a kid that you're going to be able to, to say something to and him listen. Yeah. Cause there's too many kids now. And there's like, I say this from experience, you yeah. talk to someone and Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I was, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but I'm not asking for an excuse I'm telling you to get the fucking puck out. Yeah. But no, 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 no. But if, but if I would have, would have made it through right through the middle area, but it would have been a breakaway. It wasn't. You, Pass it on the other kid's stick and you put it in the back of the net. Yeah, but, you know, there's always that little bit of, you know, so it's just, you know, I think what separates kids these days is that, you know, just the willingness to do more, yeah. to do, to outwork that player, to do something when that other kid's not. You yeah. know, and they say, oh, you have to, you have to recover. And it's one thing to recover, it's another thing to recover properly. Yeah. And you, know, you sit there, and, oh, yeah, but I sat there and relaxed. And you ate four bags of chips. <laughs> you sat there, relaxed, took care of your body, you know, took a hot tub, relaxed, took care of yourself to make sure you're ready 
for that game the next day. You're not going home, you know, crushing drive through on the way home, McDonald's and, you know, doing stupid stuff on the way home. Like it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. I love that too. It's just, again, it's like, it's one thing to do it. It's one thing to go home and relax. It's a whole other thing to go home and relax eat a good meal, get eight hours of sleep and fully prepare yourself for exactly. whatever you exactly. have the next day. And exactly. I think too, like, I love what you said, just the, you know, the examples of those kids. Yeah. But yeah, but something you see all the time. Right. But again, the second you're using that word, the second you're starting to put in that excuse. And I know I still get trapped in it sometimes myself. It's easy to, you know, point the finger and say it's someone else's fault, mm-hmm. but the more you're able to, you know, again, in my experience, the more you're able to put it on yourself, the more you're able to realize that whatever mistake you made, you've got control over it. You can fix it and you can make exactly. the change you need. The better you are setting yourself up for. That just shows, ultimately, that, show, that just shows maturity. Absolutely. So, right. So if you're going to, you're going to talk about what does it take to get a kid to the next level, you have to be mature. If you're going to be 16 playing junior B, you're going to be playing against 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds. Yeah, you can't have a 16 year old kid that's, you know, mentally weak. That's you know going to shut down. You have to have a kid that's ready. You know, and that's why I say he he was ready. I knew that he was ready. Yeah, not 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 saying that he's just because he's skilled, because he's able to go in there and score and be able to be in the right spots and get a good breakout pass. No, because I know that if I put him in the corner with a 19 year old, he's not going to back out. He's not going to. He's not even going to think about it. He's going to go in there and he's going to go for that puck. Yeah, he knows right? his know. job to do, and he's exactly he's job. ready. He's ready for it. He knows what he's, you know, what is expected of him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's I, not someone saying, "Oh, well, well, I got to do this because of uh, what he didn't." No, I'm going to do it myself. Take charge. Yeah. Well, I like that a lot too, because again, like you know, it's it's so easy to kind of get focused on outcomes, right? Like it's so easy to be that smaller sixteen year old you know, the example you used earlier of your first fight against that big burly 21 year old. So easy to look at that guy and go, Oh, whoa, no way. But then to just be able to look at him and say, okay, this is what I've got to do and go out and do it. And it's like, the more you're able to focus on the process, focus on the actual elements within the game and less on, you know, what might happen or what someone else is doing. I think, again, the more you're sort of showing that you're ready to, you're ready to step up. You're ready to move yeah. up. Right. And that's, that's something I always say to my players too. Like if you know, they're tall, you know, there's one, two, three, four, five, six D already. They're going to make the team here and they're looking to, ah. and you're thinking of everybody else. Yeah. You know, oh, but there's one, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten forwards already here that on this, I'm not going to make this team. You can't think like that. As soon as you have that thought in your head, you're done. Yeah, exactly. When I went into the queue that year, you know, I went in there and there was a list of, you know, four full teams. That's what he gave me. And he had it highlighted saying, okay, this guy, this guy can fight. This guy, maybe try this guy. Every time you step on the ice, I want you to go somewhere. So yeah. Every single time I was 6'1", 175, I was fighting everybody. <laughs> I didn't even, didn't even think twice. Yeah. And then they couldn't cut me. Like I had to do something that was going to get their attention. I wasn't going to get their attention just playing stay at home D. Yeah, I could, I could play. I could still play, but at the same time, I was fighting those guys that were getting one shift game. You know, just they were six four, two forty, with a mohawk, could barely skate. You know, and they're stepping out and going, "Okay, let's go next." Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, and I think you just like you nailed it on the head with that one, right? Is it's just 
you've got to take charge. You could have easily looked at that list of four teams and gone, I don't have a chance and taken off. But instead yeah. you look at that list and you go, okay. Yeah. If they were, I'm they were ranked the number one team in the CHL that year. They were the number one team, Bacon yeah. Rocker that year. And I ended up making that team because I went into camp, dropped my moose nuts on the table and said, let's do this. Yeah. Well, I think like, again, you nailed it, right? It's, it's just, instead of looking and going, well, there's four full teams here. There's no way I'm going to make it. You look at it, you go, okay, if I'm going to be the guy, what do I have to do? Yeah. yeah they'll make room for you. Yeah. That's what I always tell them. If they, if they like you, they'll make a spot for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, when they think about, okay, you know what, then they do. And they start thinking, okay, well, I'm just going to make this team. They're not worried about what that kid's doing. They're not yeah. worried about what that kid's doing. No, they're worried about what you're doing. Yeah. Focus on what you can focus on what you can control. Love that. I love that. Yeah. And uh, so I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, but with all this stuff we've just talked about, who you can name a few names if you want to, but of these guys you're working with right now, guys or girls you're working with, who do you think, who would you say is like on the right track right now to be moving up into juniors or moving up into the pros? Ooh, moving up to juniors and the pros. Um, well, one kid I have to, I have to give a shout out to Austin Ma. He's my boy. That's one kid that uh, was playing house league a few years ago. And, uh, actually met him through my old man, met his dad and they were talking. His dad said, you should call my son. And like this kid, like we were doing outdoor rink sessions all last year, you know, just on the, on the ice, you know, two times a week, like every single week we're on the ice one time, at least a Minto studio or, you know, another ice, every single session, second I step on the ice is, is being recorded. Every single second, every single second they record it and they have it categorized, broken down. He comes over to my house. We sit here and watch his shifts broken down. He takes notes the whole time. You know, and just the, the details, just the smartest kid, the details and, you know, the, the, the work that he puts into his game. And like he's, he doesn't really see it as much, but that's, that's one example that I always say, you know, like we started off, you know, his first notes, his first game, it's all negative. And now I watch his games and he's like, oh, shit, I didn't score. But look, he didn't make any mistakes. You know, he's yeah. playing with, maybe not playing with the best players, you know, that are, but if he was playing with better players, he was putting the puck in the right spot that somebody should be there. Yeah. So he's playing the, the way that, basically the way that I'm telling him to. I tell him to do something and he does exactly that. Yeah. And he's seeing the results. It's, it's not being, you know, and, and it's being able to sit there and talk about, okay, what, look, watch, you got crushed here. Why did you get crushed? And watching it 10 times. Let's watch it. Watch that D. As soon as your guy gets puck, watch their D. He, he's got you in the scope. So now it's teaching him to watch out for that player. And then we're doing drills, giving him, you know, the opportunity to pick up the puck and then I'm going in. So he has to, you know, react. And you know, just teaching those, you know, those teaching points from the, from how he plays. Yeah. You know, that, that's one of my kids who, you know, I, I think if he's given the chance, He's, he's got flashes of, of pure brilliance, I tell you. His brother's a goalie, so his brother's out there all the time and we're sniping on his brother. It's, it's a good time. That's awesome. I love that kind of stuff, man. Like, just kids who are kids who are willing to put that kind of work into it. Yeah, yeah, like the work. Like I, so I'll give you a quick example here. His, uh, he had dry land on a Sunday in Hawkesbury, so an hour away from here. Dry land and whatever, they're doing some stuff. And then I have my son, I told him, come, come by it around 8. Okay, we're we're just stopping for dinner. We'll be there about eight thirty. 
So he shows up at 8.30, leaves at about, you know, about 11 o'clock. We did video all the way through. You know, he leaves. I get a message from one of the other kids on his team. We're talking about, oh, Ma just left. Oh, how's the birthday boy doing? Kid was here for two and a half hours on his birthday doing video. I'm like, I called him right away. I'm like, what are you, like, how'd you, why'd you not tell me? Oh, no big deal. Like, really, it, it is a big deal for me. You know, that, that's something that you're at my house. I could have, you know, you know, the next day I had a session with him. I brought him a cupcake. I brought him a little bag with a jersey, you know, card with a picture signed, made a big deal out of it. Like, you know, that's just, that's just something for me. You know, like, I was like, oh, man, you know, like, the kid's spending time with me, breaking down his worst game that he's played the last month on his birthday. Well, and I think right there, right, like that, to me, that says so much more about his ability to jump up than it does if yeah. you said, hey, you scored four goals last week or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, his, like he's taking time on his birthday. I've, I've had so many messages before with athletes I'm supposed to work with. Oh, I can't train on Friday. You know, it's my birthday. I'm going to do this. You know, how important is it to you to. Yeah. He didn't even tell me. Level. He didn't even tell me it was his birthday. We're sitting here and I'm. We're watching him get smoked and like, okay, he leaves. <laughs> like, jeez. Call him right away. Oh, it's no, no problem, no problem. Like, no, you got to tell me these things. Uh, yeah, that's too funny. 16th birthday. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> well, man, I hope you. I hope he does get that shot because it seems like. Uh, I, I, I hope so. I hope so. I just got to keep working. There's, I could sit here. I give you a list of you know all the kids I work with. I'm I'm really lucky to work with all these kids. Like I have programs all the way through. Every single kid I work with, you know, I'm on Team Handmade that isn't playing junior, you know, I think they'll be playing junior. Yeah. And every kid that has a goal, I think he's going to help get that goal because I'm going to help you get there. That's the way I look at it. If Absolutely. I want kids with goals. That's what I tell them. Do you have a goal? Uh, no. I want you to get a goal and write it down. Yeah. Tell me about it. We can talk about that. We'll get you. We'll get you there. And I think that's a huge part as a coach too, right? Is like, I think you've got to look at everybody you work with as, you know, they want to be at this spot or that spot. They're yeah. going to get there. Like if they've got the right team in mind and like when kids are smart enough to go and, you know, find someone like you to help them out, find like set the proper plan, set the proper systems. I think right there you're, you're setting yourself on track to achieve anything you want to. Right. And it's, it's just being there for them. And that's, you know, they're coming up to me, before a session after, hey, you know, can you help me out show me this? You know, I'm not going to be like, no, no, I'm, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Somebody asked me something, I'm like, yes, please. And they're oh, really? I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, and that's and being able to do anything and have that, have that versatility to be able to work, you know, do a full, I can do a three hour session with a kid if he can last. You know, yeah. To be able to figure out, because I have that personal training background, to be able to figure out how to, you know, recover properly and get that gas back up and, you know, use what, what can I use to let that kid recover, you know, do some shooting, do some passing, talk to him for a second. I have that ability just to sit there and shoot the shit, you know, and say whatever I want, you know, I have my phone, show him a video of him, you know, break that down that shot. Okay. This is what it looks like, you know, in slow-mo. And they're like, Oh my God, look at that slow-mo. And I'm like, okay, but look, these are the details. And then they can look, okay. And then we can show them again they don't realize they're recovering the whole time. Now then they're able to go hundred percent. Yeah. I want a guy that's you know, working hundred percent, bringing that gas down and then going, you can only give me 70. I'd rather you get all the way up to a hundred so you can give that 100. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it just comes down to all the different training, everything, 
all my life experience, everything I've done has given me that toolbox, you know, that tool belt, my toolbox is full, you know, with all the different stuff, everything, everything that I've learned, you know, all the different details. I've, I've always been such a you know, detail oriented person. I have to, you know, break it down to the finer points and that's helped me to translate and to be able to talk to, you know, be able to teach it to anybody really. Yeah. Well, I think too, just like, I love how you're relying again on, you know, the experiences from your own career and just everything you've done through your life and how that's coming in now to, to help the next generation, like help these kids, you know, the amount of sort of times that what you're saying about coaching is tying back to what you were saying before about playing, create like building confidence with your athletes um, and just teaching, you know, the coachability, the respect, all of these things that are going to be key beyond just, your ability when you hit the ice, the yeah, keys to exactly. really being successful at the next levels too. But it's but these are also core values to you know, to be successful as a person. You know, yeah. These are you know, like I always say, like it's not just I'm not just going to help your kid get better on the ice. Yeah. You know, like if you're going to with team handmade, it's a big thing. You know, I'm going to help your kid. Like it's I had kids show up at the you know the first practice last year. I'm coming in and I'm I got my board. I'm going to draw a drill or whatever and kids messing around or talking and look at them like what are you okay, you want to come up here here you, you come to it i'll give him the marker okay let's go and he, what do you what do you think he was doing the next time uh probably listening i'd say <laughs> right i would tell you like two three four sessions in i'd go up to one kid and i'd be like hey take a knee i wouldn't even have to blow my whistle i got the whole group coming and taking a knee yeah I'm like the quicker you guys come in i'm going to tell you something switch it up the quicker you can go back to work yeah and once they realize that, I'm not messing around. I mean, there's no time wasted. Yeah. You know, it's to work. I'm, I'm serious. As soon as I step out there, okay, boom, let's go. Oh, you're going to shoot a puck? Okay. No, get out of here. You know, it's, and it's establishing that respect, establishing that dominance, really, right off the bat. And that's the same way as a player. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect me to, oh, sit in the corner and be like, oh, no, okay, no, I'm going to stand up and be like, hey, buddy, sit down. You're not going to touch any of my guys. Yeah. It's the same way now. I'm like, hey, buddy. I'm not going to mess up my product. This is my name. This is my brand. This is what I'm working for here. So, yeah, man, I think this is a great place to wrap up. I think we've gotten, gotten a ton of really good stuff here. Uh, but just before we go for anybody that is listening, uh, how, how or where can they find you and learn a little bit more about your services and what you can provide for them? Um, handmade hockey. I uh, got that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, Hander, HMH, on the old Insta. Um, yeah, pretty straightforward. Those would be the big ones to go to? Those would be the ones. All right, fantastic. And again, thanks again for, uh, thanks again for agreeing to come on, agreeing to come on, sorry. And uh, it's been, it's been great learning, learning more about your company and just, I'm excited to see you start churning out NHL players too. Yeah, everybody, thanks again for having me on, man. Happy to help out anytime. Have a good one. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I would greatly appreciate if you subscribed and left a review for the show. As well, I would love to hear what your biggest takeaways were from the episode. My contact info is linked below. Send me a message and let me know what you thought. As always, I'm your host, Kenny Dusso. Thank you again and see you next time.